Welcome to Garage Conversations with Char, or GCC for short. My name is Charlene Brisbane, and this podcast is literally recorded in the garage of my home, located in the suburbs of Philadelphia. The intent of the discussions you will hear are to inform, engage, and inspire. You might even laugh a little too. Coming along for the ride will be my producer, editor, sort of co-host and favorite daughter. Well, she's actually my only daughter, Shelby Brisbane. So I urge you to grab your beverage of choice and snack if you desire, sit back and enjoy. we're going to be talking about it's it's sort of a very more I don't want to say our other topics weren't weighty that we've talked about but it's it's something that has been sort of a fascinating of mine this intersection of Christianity and politics you know being a Christian Christian myself I found this very interesting you know you can find Christians who are on the far left or on the far right as well in the middle of politics so I wanted to explore that in a sense of traditions behind Christianity and, and, and make it clear that the point of this podcast is, is not to take sides, but more as an opportunity to understand the different viewpoints that seemingly arise out of what is the foundation of uh, Christ. So, well, yeah, usually I would, I'd, I'd fight you on the taking sides things, but this is a, an area where I, have the least expertise, so I won't be interjecting as much, which is probably much to your your, your pleasure. Well, I always love your interjections, uh, honestly, but to help us unpack this topic, I have doing, joining with us today uh, Reverend Alfred Jones III. And before we do that, let's see, what are, what, are you, what are you drinking, Reverend Jones, tonight? Good evening. I'm drinking Canada Dot. Canada Dry Ginger Ale. Okay, that sounds good. I'm just drinking water right now. And I'm drinking mostly water, but there's some green green tea in there as well. So two water down. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, so so before we talk, dive into the topic, just want to give you a little bit of background about Reverend Jones, and he can always jump in and interject if he feels I left something out. But he's a pretty well-rounded person. He's an engineer, as well as he was an entrepreneur, and also has his Master of Divinity. He's he's currently a pastor of a church, so I feel like he would be a good person to sort of help us help us on this topic. Any anything else you you feel like I left out? You want to add to that, Reverend Jones? I think that works for me. Okay, that's good. So one of the things that made me think about this a little bit was if you think about some of the religious leaders today that we have, people may be familiar with Franklin Graham. He's Billy Graham's son. You might consider him more in the far right. And then you have people like Reverend William Barber or even Al Sharpton, he might say would be more on the left. These leaders, you know, I, I believe are are living out their callings, but they're doing them in different ways. You have some leaders who focus on perhaps pro-life and anti-LGBTQ plus concerns or versus those who focus on voting rights, rights of the poor and disenfranchised or 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 other communities and in, conclu- and in and in inclusions. So 
So thinking about these, you know, different ranges of, of leaders who, who I do believe are, are living out their calling in the way they, they believe they are called. I was just wondering, can you explain for us the different traditions that might make one leader focus on one thing versus another? I think the best approach is to acknowledge that religion should influence politics and politics should not influence religion. Mm-hmm. And so from taking that approach, uh, all of our constituents and all those who we are called to serve have various needs. And if we are following Christ, then we, we look out for the other. I mean, that's part of our social creed, no matter what religious base you are, you look out for the disenfranchised. And depending on who your group is, you address the need of the disenfranchised. Now, depending on your community, the community you serve, what that disenfranchised looks like, mm-hmm. it varies. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. How might scripture influence or the Bible, you know, influence those how how you say you support your communities? So when you address a situation like this, we have to first recognize our social location. Mm-hmm. So each name that you mentioned has a different social location. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how to best way to approach this. Each each you have those who are let's start with myself. Is that easier, Michelle B? I start with myself. I'm African American. Yeah. You know, my undergrad is physics. My I have multiple graduate degrees. And so my the way I look at life is going to is going to be colored or going to be shaped by uh, what I'm what my experiences are. Mm-hmm. You know, I have gone through what my family is going through. Therefore, some things that I don't find important, some things I'm not going to find as important as others may find mm-hmm, important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if you look at each of the leaders that we're looking at, there's different things that they're going to find important in the way they move. Right. Uh, when we're talking about everywhere from the civil rights movement, you know, there's things that are important to some people. Uh, when it comes down to uh, fem- the difference between feminists and womenists, you know, it depends on your social location or how you approach mm-hmm. a, a topic and how how religion or Christianity intersects the political infrastructure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I answered the question. <laughs> uh, trying to set the answer up. But, uh, yeah, no, because I said, you know, the biblical context of how how these leaders might approach their focus. Although that, you know, to me, that's that that also that also may may have an, an issue impact. It, every church is not going to every church is not going to be able to be effective in 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 supporting women's rights or the poor or there's 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 something that every church can point out that they're going to take charge and to protect mm-hmm. and uh some 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 churches are going to spend a lot of time in addressing human trafficking mm-hmm. others are going to spend a lot of time uh, addressing uh, civil rights. Mm-hmm. Some are going to spend a lot of time addressing feeding, feeding the feeding the poor. Some are clothing, clothing. Everybody is going to ha- has a different gift and a different uh, ability to to take care of the needs of our other or our community. For some, it's going to be education, mm-hmm. and, and and so 
So we have to be careful trying to make every church meet because we're we're as diverse as the need as the needs are. So every church is going to address every body of people are going to be able to address the 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 needs as as their congregation is able. Mm-hmm. And and we don't all agree on we don't all agree to begin with on the salvation process to start. Mm. You know, so the names given are for from very different, very different bodies of believers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, from the evangelical movement to Southern Baptist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, through Methodism. They're all different. You mm-hmm. know, you know, the Calvinist perspective is, is very different from the from Armenian perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we all believe in Christ, but our our, our belief system on how we execute it is different. Yeah, that's it. It's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I grew up in a Methodist church, which I guess would be the Armenian. And but, you know, after I got married and we wanted up somehow in the Presbyterian church was a Calvinist perspective. So I understand that there are different differences and and those based fundamental uh, belief systems in in terms of uh, uh, salvation. I know I said I wasn't going to interject. Just a couple things. One, because the Rev mentioned it, I just thought it would be, because I I can actually speak on this, the difference between womanism and feminism is, I think, an important one, particularly, you know, white white feminism, which really isn't feminism versus womanism, which is more inclusive. Womanism came out of Black women being pushed out of the feminist movement and like the even really um, the black power movement. And so it became the space for kind of the the outsider women who didn't have a safe space, even within the communities where they were supposed to feel the most safe. Um, and that's where womanism kind of stems from. So when asked, I tend to consider myself womanist just because I feel I think there's this idea in our current society still about feminism and it's very white and that's not, that's nowhere near, you know, encompassing every, every woman is like, there's no one kind of woman. And I think feminism can feel kind of suffocating for a lot of people who have been pushed out of those spaces. Um, So that's the first thing, just in case anybody didn't know. And then also I wanted to touch on this idea of community that I think is really important. I hope we can talk about more throughout this um, sit down or conversation, just because, you know, I speak with you, mom, about this often. And you, you touched on like the difference between like you, you started at the church that my grandmother brought you up in versus the church that say I was brought up in because, you know, you and my, my, my dad, moved to the Presbyterian church. Um, And I think a a big difference that I personally found and that I personally find a lot of grief in is how differently those two settings approached community and kind of the, you know, I'm going to be frank, the the lack of care I felt or the different levels of care Mm -hmm. that I felt the churches put in. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's, that's so that's so important because yeah. I mean, no matter what your religion is, that space should be a space for the community. Like the Rev was mentioning, where, you know, if you're gonna set yourself up as like a, a holy space, that means 
that it should be a safe space mm-hmm. and that it should be a welcoming space. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to situate yourself in a community and then be be a gatekeeper? Mm-hmm. I, that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's often where issues arise. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're, well, who's who's allowed in and, and, and who's not and, yeah. and how we like look at the people outside of our, you know, outside of our pews. No, that's a good, that actually is a, a very, very powerful point you make, I, I believe. And I think it's a good lead into the next question around Martin Luther King, because a lot of people, you know, we, we, we really do elevate and rightly so Martin Luther King and the work that he did. But I, I have, read some things and heard some commentary that suggested when he was assassinated, he wasn't actually very much liked. He was considered a radical and, Oh, absolutely. And, and things like that. So I was wondering, you know, considering, you know, we understand better his life's work. How do you think Martin Luther King would manage this intersection? I think that, I think the, points that Shelby put out are very critical and especially from the point of social location to be able right. to get to Martin Luther King. The first one being the womanist feminist mm-hmm. um, point, which is very important that a womanist the womanist movement is something that you experience. Mm-hmm. The feminine a feminist by definition comes from the perspective of fighting for equality for a particular base right you know they are they already are in power they're already part of the power structure um they're just looking to make sure that they're equal and in that and their infrastructure and their ideology there's no there's no change for them they're not fighting to be human and things of that nature they're just fighting for equal pay perhaps you know for the african-american or the black woman it's a different perspective all throughout not only in the black community just for a place in society is very different Equality, even the white woman is not looking to allow the black woman to be equal to them. Right. You know, there's there's a different there's a different there's a different challenge in the process. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a different experience that's taking place. And so that's the first part. Just understand that the, the definitions come from different experiences, which is different experiences are fighting for. You know, when it comes down to we're talking about religion, we're talking about religion. And how religion are the gatekeepers. We need to understand that the, the constituents of that church are are fighting for particular things. Mm. You know, so when we're talking about religion influences politics, not politics, religion, we're talking about people within a church can develop fear, strength, power, hope for a particular people to influence how government should move. You know, you're talking about evangelical moment, they're known best because they were influencing presidents. You know, there's there the, the the religious population controls how the government moves. Even when it came down to Catholicism, the reason why Catholicism was broke, divided the way it is, where you had the Pope as a mon- the, the Pope, and then you have <laughs> then you have the government, is because it's, it's because the the Roman Catholic Church was a religious power that controlled the world. Mm-hmm. You understand that there's they're they're not separated, they work together. So in our country where hatred and dehumanization and slavery is paramount, understand the church unfortunately was a lot of that that a lot of the influential power 
that enables people who have good conscience to turn that off, mm. you know, because they're saying it's okay, you know, and and so so we have to understand even Hitler used Christianity and yeah. the cross, mm. you know, to influence the Germans to say think that they were what they were doing was okay. And the Ku Klux Klan, that's you know, I feel like that's the obvious one, and I think people kind of forget like you know, they're still. They're still doing. The it thing. should be obvious, but but they're not. They're not seeing that you know. They're not seeing the hatred that's coming out because they're being used as gatekeepers for what they feel the power ought to be. So we have to be very careful when we look. When we start looking at what what gate we're holding when it comes down to the church, we need to understand that sometimes people of good intention who feel like they're serving the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, following the precepts of God, sometimes get confused. And they start selling hatred with, with, with where they believe they are protecting holiness. And so the key element here uh, to dissect are the terms of protecting that which is holy. So where confusion comes up is when we engage in a conversation. What is holy and what are what are we protecting and how are we protecting that as holy? Mm-hmm. So so where one person is protecting hatred. Another one is protecting choices. Another mm. one is protecting power. Another one is protecting money. And so we have to be very careful when we approach it that we're approaching it on, we have to delicately approach the topic. Government around the world is religious in nature. The United States is one of the few places where we say religion does not the government does not control religion. But in most countries, including biblical nations, the government and the religious body is the same. Mm-hmm. Israel, you know, is Islamic Judaism, their national religion is the same as their political infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when you have those nations at war against each other, there's also a holy war against each other. Mm-hmm. England uses used holy wars to influence their people, you know, who are in dire straits to still fight on their behalf. So we just 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 we have to be very careful how we approach that. And getting to the main point of not just so much talking, I was going somewhere. Martin Luther King, okay, right? You know, and when you ever you had or elected president of a body of believers, most importantly, a body of pastors who all have opinions and mostly who are educated and all and all come out of all come out of social locations where there is abuse and they're fighting you're you're not going to all agree on the same topic on the same issue it doesn't matter if it's marijuana or if it's putting somebody in jail if it's license you're not going to all agree on the situation and when that happens the spokesperson has to speak on behalf of the whole body, even if they don't believe passionately about the issue that they are, that they have to speak on. Mm. And, and so, so what I am aware of is that the Southern Baptist Church, of which do know that everything that Martin Luther King had to speak on, he was not necessarily happy with taking that position. Mm. But the body, the body chose that position, and then when you stand and take the position, you, you take it with, you take that position with, with, with power and strength. 
you know, um, sometimes we, as, as, in order to come together, we don't all believe in the Calvinist, Calvinist and Arminian argument. Sometimes it's not necessary to even have that argument, Calvinist versus Ar- Arminian argument, well, which is. Well, before we, because we mentioned it a few times, it's only to be fair. Can you just it? give a brief definition of the, both? So the easiest way to look at Calvinist and Arminian is predestination versus choice. Mm-hmm. You know, Calvinists believe in general that you're you are you're predestined to be saved where where Armenian believe that you have the choice to accept Christ as your personal savior. That's mm-hmm. the easiest way to while the Bible speaks of both, that's the easiest way to make the distinction. Mm-hmm. But but it's not always a battleground. Mm-hmm. There's not always room for a battleground. And and if you're if you're in a body of believers that believes in both. You know, and which is mo- mo- which is what happens whenever we join together as pastors. You have Pentecostal, Baptist, Southern Baptist, you have Methodist, you have Catholic, you have and you have cultural backgrounds all of, of the boot. You know, you have a whole lot of different groups. But when you speak on behalf after we vote and we speak on when we speak to the community on behalf of what the the group or the alliance mm-hmm. says then you speak on behalf of the alliance mm-hmm. um, and, and you do that unwavering. That's what makes the body work. And we do know that Martin Luther King had several challenges that way as well. Mm-hmm. And so within the body, you're going to have fights, you know, because he's going to push his agenda where everybody else has different agendas. But when you get out to speak, you speak mm-hmm. on your, you speak on what you're speaking. You speak as the leader of the entire body. Yeah. Cause I remember reading something, uh, you know, Martin Luther King was influenced by like, Gandhi, you know, as far as nonviolence and, and he, he was very well read. He had a lot of influences, I guess, that led to the way he he led the mute, his movement. So so we we talked a lot about the differences and we talked a little bit about, you know, Martin Luther King sort of having to sort of, you know, he had his own ideas, but also taking the line of you know, the Southern Baptist, his traditions of the church he came out of. So when you, but when you look at, you know, because the focus of this really, you know, I thought was to keep keeping in mind Christianity. Do you think there is some fundamental tenets that, that all believers. Here once I on. Okay. You were saying, do you believe there are fundamental tenets? Yeah. Yeah. So are there something that, you know, all Christians can agree on? I want to, I want to, Take one step backwards. I believe that Martin Luther King, in executing his office as a leader, he included and encompassed more than just Southern Baptists. Mm-hmm. I want to make that that clear. Right. I'm not sure that he was in agreement with all the Southern Baptist traditions, mm-hmm. including lynching people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I just want to make that 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 clear. Right. What tenets do I believe? I believe that Moses believed that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Mm-hmm. I believe that we all agree that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. You know, we believe He's God and the Son of God. I think that's the basis of all our Christian beliefs. Mm-hmm. How we execute that, and when it comes down to, I think is very different again with our social location. Mm-hmm. You know, I do not believe that. What is important for my congregation is going to be the same. It's going to have the same level of importance for the congregation down the street mm-hmm. on the same block. You know, we, we have, if I have an aging congregation, there's some things that are very important for my congregation that may not be the same for a younger congregation. Mm-hmm. There's things that 
uh, were straight hardline no's for my generation that are not the same hardline no's for my, my child's generation. However, does not mean that they don't love the Lord any less. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that if we all love the Lord, because we all love the Lord, that we need to understand that we all serve different communities and we come from different experiences. I, I cannot say, even though those who are experiencing the Republican National Convention the way they are today, mm-hmm. you know, I would not I would not even go as far to say that they don't love the Lord. I, I could not I could not go that far. I mean, right. there, there's those who may believe that everything is wonderful in the country from where they sit. Ah. Perspective is, makes a big difference, huh? Perspective makes perspective makes a complete is a foundation for the question mm-hmm. the way we serve the lord the way we pray our music mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at something simple as our music uh we, it was very interesting something that we learned over the years is that african black people have a tendency to move on the downbeat other people tend to move on the upbeat mm-hmm. you know uh and others tend to move every third beat yeah. you know and and because of that cultural difference, sometimes our music choices are different. It does not mean that one one music is not holy, one is not, you know, one is, one is not. It just means that our choice of music is different. My, mo- my mother's gospel music is very different from my son's gospel music choice, mm-hmm. you know, which is different from my gospel music choice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so does that, we, we have to re- learn to respect the differences everyone else has. But again, we're in different cultures. So mm-hmm. we live in the North. I live in the North. You know, the the type of, of prejudice that I experience is very different than some of my compatriots who are from Mississippi, mm-hmm. you know, and from down in the, some of the Southern states. They, they, what they experience, I could not even think about. Mm-hmm. However, some of the prejudices that I experience in corporate America, they would not have any idea about because it's different. Right. So when we're talking about the intersection, we need to understand that there's a vast, the whole point is that Christianity should influence the way we move in our society and culture and influence our politics. Mm -hmm. Our politics should not be telling us, however, we should be moving in our Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know you're a part of an ecumenical type of group. So that must bring together a lot of differences. It's like, isn't it? How, how do you, how do you manage those differences? And is there, how do you really, how do you bridge those differences? Cause you're part of this group, right? Isn't it all types of pastors? Is it, it's Catholic, Methodist, Presbyterian? So for me, the ecumenical, the ecumenical group is easier for me to manage than the than the alliance. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> because in the ecumenical group, we are all from different groups of faith. And we all understand that we're all from different groups of faith. Okay. And we respect <laughs> from different groups of faith. Mm-hmm. And and we're able to move. It's just easier for me. It just it's just easier. We all respect each other and we don't have expectations of the other body. However, in the alliances, we all are of the Christian faith traditions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our expectation of one another is a little bit higher. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes people believe that 
what my faith tradition does should be their faith tradition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes there, we have faith traditions that don't believe women should be pastors. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we have other ones where pastors, the only people in control are the women. <laughs> They're the pastors and the bishops and the presiding elders and the, Mm-hmm. And and they run it. And so depending on how they're approaching what their experience has been, they could approach you that way. Mm-hmm. You know, they could assume that I'm going to have something to say about them. I'm like, I, 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 that's not my problem. <laughs> you know, um, because they just finished experiencing somebody else as another mm-hmm. another church, mm-hmm. church that didn't respect them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it seems like some of the greatest challenges we had is within the is 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 within the alliance. Uh-huh. You know, someone will say, well, faith, uh, prayer is a foundation. And that's the end story. Another body, another group will say, you know, you know, us feeding the feeding the the hungry, you know, mm-hmm. clothing those is, is most important. And you'll get a little argument when in the ecumenical body, it's a question. What do you believe we need to do? And then we can all choose. So the, the conversation is a little bit different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if that answered the question. How do you navigate it? You go with you go with an open mind. Know who you are. Go with an open mind and be flexible where you're able to be flexible. Mm-hmm. You know everything that you everything in your belief system or my belief system is not challengeable, but is also not it's not worth a fight. Mm-hmm. You know if I wear a cross or not on Sunday is not going to I mean that's somebody else's argument. That's not my argument. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to make it an argument. Right. Right. So, Can I just say I'm like super relieved because i just i it's it's very refreshing to hear someone who is very active in the church who also has like i i don't think i've ever heard a pastor say like verbatim like you you hand you can handle like like you handle you know communicating with other groups of people because you respect them which is wild because that feels like that's something that just should be obvious that you should do and i again like i've just that's not something that i feel like is actively spoken on at all which is kind of which is disappointing honestly and i think that's why a lot of people feel so feel like they're 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 they, they're not allowed or they don't belong in in the church so that's you know, just really pleased to 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 hear that, and I think it will be very reassuring to a, a lot of people, and I, honestly, I I think particularly young people who who might listen to this. Yeah, I think that's everybody would would like to be you know respected and 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 have that openness to to you know, to to be able to uh, come in. I. I you know, I think of the story of Jesus and he talked to the woman at the well and, you know, people were like, why are you talking to her? <laughs> you know, but Jesus had a point of wanting to talk to her. And because he talked to her, she winded up telling others and spreading about him. So there is something to that uh, being being willing to be open and respectful to others that I think is important. I don't know. If you have anything else you want to say about about that, Rabbler. I think that in the church body itself, there's a dynamic that people find safety within the church for multiple reasons. Uh, some of the reasons are that they feel 
disenfranchised outside of the church. They don't feel respected outside of the church. Mm -hmm. And so they come to the church to feel that respect. Um, They come to the church to be recognized. And in coming to the church and changing some of their, what they feel are notable behaviors, they put that behavior on someone else. When other people come to church, they hold that behavior on them. I changed this. You should change this. And they look down on someone else, forgetting how they felt when they first came to the church. Mm-hmm. And we're not in the church sometimes, often is not a place that's welcoming. Mm. And and we hold people to standards that we don't hold ourselves to. Mm. You know, or we we just show ourselves to be a, a certain way in a certain location where someone else just needs to be just left alone so that they can come and they can worship. Mm. And so we, there's a lot of things, a lot of behaviors within the worship space that we take out the worship and we put in the judgment. And so it's not a safe place for many of us because judgment becomes the quintessential element of being in that space. It's bad enough that we're judging ourselves, right? It's bad enough that we're in that worship space asking for forgiveness, maybe not for the same thing someone else wants to ask for forgiveness for. Mm-hmm. But it's bad enough we're in that space already looking for something from God. We don't need the people around us. Well, people don't need the people around them to give to judge them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I think that we get into this judgmental space within our own church groups and our own family environments that, that takes away who God is. Mm-hmm. Right. And we do it under some of the ostracists of that's what holiness is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we start missing then again that perspective starts coming into play where people believe that slavery is okay mm-hmm. or shooting black people is okay and things of that nature because the perspective becomes that of death and that not that of life mm-hmm. people come into the place of faith it should be about them receiving life mm-hmm. you know and um, understanding who God is so that they can have life more abundantly mm-hmm. you know not mass hatred and there's a and there's a there's a fine line between what do you get out of church and when you start using i get out of church and the i word too much too often then we begin to judge other people mm. and not not want to heal whatever's going on in someone else's heart and their mind and uh i think that's what happens at the local church all too all too often mm-hmm. somebody has to feel like they're better than somebody else Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not really the way it's, it ought to be. And that's, I, I think that's a major problem. And that may actually go back into the whole thing about these like polar opposites and around, you know, this, this whole political and Christianity. And, and, and I think it all feeds, feeds into, in that a little bit in a way, but, um, just also wondering too, though, and, and, and when I was thinking about this question, I was like, it could be my ignorance of not understanding some of the other uh, religions. I took world religions back in high school, so it was a long time ago. But when, you, but when I think about other religions like Islam or Judaism or Hinduism, it doesn't seem like it has that intersection of politics. But then again, you brought up a really good point that some of these religions, the country is the politics. You know, if you talk about Israel, I've, been, I've had an opportunity to visit Israel and so I understand that, uh, you know, that is that is part of their, it is ingrained in their politics. Right. But so but do do it doesn't seem like it's to the fact that Christianity is 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 intersected so much in politics or do you agree or disagree or based on your understanding? What do you think about about it? 
and you're talking about in North think, America. Yeah, yes, yes. In the United States, I would say. Yeah. We just I think that in the United States it's not you're not we're not comparing apples to oranges. Mm-hmm. In the United States we have a freedom of religion. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's start from the beginning that we can choose whatever religion base we want. Mm-hmm. <coughs> That's not the case in other countries. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just start. Judaism, that's the Jewish faith tradition. Right. That's Israel. That's not the same thing as come to the United States, you can choose your religion. The religion and the, our religious systems can influence politics. There's a separation between church and state. Right, right. Which means that the state cannot tell what tell us how to worship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not the same thing in other religions. And it's not really that different here. I mean, because, you know, in general, you know, we had the weekends off, right? That The weekends off was influenced by the church. Yeah, and I, I mean, a lot of people do. Well, we are a, uh, our, our country was founded on some Christian principles, so. So again, this, the church can influence the state. Right. And you still can't buy cars on Sunday in most places, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the religious implications of why we do what we do, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Just, just ha- with that understanding, we're not as separate as we think. We're not, yet, to be fair, other countries have a whole that their the challenges they have within their religious faith and political infrastructure is vast and deep. Am I answering your question about that? Yeah. Okay. So I think those I, I think the point that, you know, Shelby brought up in, in you two and we've we call the Rev Rev sometimes instead of saying Reverend Jones. <laughs> so <laughs> focusing on the United States is probably better because um we do we do have quite different all kinds of religions. Like I, I work from with people who are Hindu or Muslim or I mean I guess the fact that now we have some Muslim people represented in Congress is was a big deal, you know. So Yeah, and I mean like listen, this and this I was just gonna bring this up um earlier about the this idea of, you know, with time and the changing of population means that, you know, these institutions are going to change to serve their population, right? And like, and since we're talking about politics, it, it's it's like the whole you know discourse about the Constitution, for example. You know, people are so attached to certain parts of the Constitution, and what a lot of people don't understand is that the 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 men that you know founded quote unquote, founded this country, they they weren't expecting the constitution to change and they didn't all agree. They had to kind of like come to a conclusion because they needed something because we have this country now, we have to have some set like body of rules. And it was it was always meant to change and evolve with, you know, as as, you know, the country grew and as the population evolved. So I think having, you know, people of different faiths and like a political position is is really important because we're not all we're not all you know Christian in this country. There are there are Muslim people and there are you know Jewish people and and et cetera who also live here. And just you know if like you you mom like having representation of the Christian faith is probably important to you mm-hmm. to a certain extent from a, on a political standpoint, mm-hmm. or at, if not important, comforting. 
just like any sort of representation is, I think it's important to allow that for everyone. So I think Shelby, to your point, is an excellent point because it was so interesting today. I was listening to the sports station, which I used to be like a big sports station fan and I had stopped listening to it because I've gotten so caught up in the politics, which it's not really good to be listening to all the time either. But nonetheless, with the whole thing that just happened recently, one of the persons brought up the Dred Scott decision, one of the commentators. And he happens to be like a white white Italian guy. So, but he's very very well read, I think. And he brought up that decision where you know the slave uh, he was taken to a state that was a free state, and he ran away. And then his master felt like he could bring him back to slavery. And actually, the Supreme Court it went all the way to the Supreme Court somehow, and he lost. So he had to go back into slavery. So when you think about that. Our constitution needed to evolve in order for us to be sitting here having this podcast and be free. And I, again, <laughs> so, this is this uh, we again. I say I said this last podcast. I said the podcast before. We could you know talk forever about so many different topics. This constitution wasn't it wasn't written for us. But to be frank, we are all black people. Two of which are black women. It, it, they didn't really have us in mind when they were writing the constitution. So I think the Constitution is is inherently flawed, but you know I've been called radical before, so we'll, we won't get into you know my views on 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 the Constitution specifically. Although I do want to pause and say you should watch Hamilton. Oh, I was yeah, I was gonna that, ask. That will definitely give you. Uh, it's a fun, of course. It's 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 not literal. It's it's a musical, but. It's 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 a it's a wonderful adaption of of uh, the life of Alexander Hamilton using a, a multi racial diverse cast, the music and everything. The music will get stuck in your head though. Yes. Like it's been songs from Hamilton have been stuck in my head for three consecutive days. So <laughs> So I digress on the constitution, but just wanted to throw out the ham Hamilton. The part that I find most interesting about the Constitution conversation in addition to the Constitution being a living document and designed as a living document, the writers were escaping religious persecution. Mm, that's an excellent point. Uh, and the religious persecution they were escaping, when they arrived, they weren't that far from their persecutors in thought. Uh, just to put that in perspective, another thing you want to put in perspective is that when people are escaping religious persecution, there's not a lot of killing in them. There's fight, but not a lot of killing. So for the wars to take place the way they did, we must understand that something had to incite in them in their religious and their spiritual background to enable them to fight and to kill. So we really did change peaceful people into soldiers. And we're still, we're still living from some of that soldier mentality in our early, early years. You know, if you want to think about it another way, get, get 500 pastors in a room and then hand them and then tell them that they have to all be then now they have to become soldiers. Mm -hmm. 
you know, there's a, there's a change in thought process that takes place in in our culture, and we still are are, are experiencing some of that. You know, uh, I was in a at a dinner where Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and some of the people were, and and Jesse Jackson made a very important point. Actually, I don't remember if it was Jesse Jackson or Al Sharpton, one of those two, and they made a point that some of the newcomers are downing them so what's a different era you know you you, you're coming now you're now a new congressman you know you you have not had to put the fight the way you had there's another group of people there are people who fought so that we have the right to fight now since we have now now since we're able to fight it's, it's all up to us how we choose to fight you know we we can't we can't put down the people who fought for us we can't put down the the women who have fought for us so that we can have rights and have this opportunity and have jobs. We can't put it down because we don't have the same fight. Mm-hmm. We, we need to understand that that, that that process is still taking place. And the Constitution is no different. Mm-hmm. You know, people have fought so that we have a right to experience the Constitution. Mm-hmm. No, we, it's time for us to stand up for our privileges and our right in this society. And it, and. And it's designed to change. We're seeing all kind of flaws taking place now, for real, with this new president. Because I was thinking about when you when you talked about the our founding fathers, quote unquote, you know, escaping religious persecution, which always I find that to be interesting because we say that, which means that in a sense we should allow this religious freedom because there's an appreciation, should be an appreciation of that this country was founded because of of people wanting freedom of religion. And then we say there's a separation of church and state. So it, it almost goes back to the, the whole thing you were talking about, you know, Christian going back to going really bring us full circle back to Christianity and politics, right? And how that influences. So anyway, so just going back to that is uh, balancing this separation of church and state and what that really means, I think falls into this, does fall into this topic of this intersection of, you know, Christianity and politics. Or, it, or you know, as the last or a few questions before talking about all the, all the other religions and how, how they intersect in this United States, keeping it focused here. And, and politics. So if we say they're separate, but yet they do make up how we live our life, right? You know, it's a part of our our journey. But I, and I, I think it's it it goes back to you know the idea that everyone's journey is going to be different. So it doesn't make sense to have a governing body like, especially not in in North America that is that is is grounded in only one faith, you know, just, be, just because every, everyone is not, everybody is the same and not everyone has the same journey. And that's, that's, that's the whole point of the religious freedom is that you're, you're allowed to, you, you are allowed to pick where, what, what, what your, your path is. No one is telling you which one to which I, I I think is which I which I which I think is important. I had another point. I can't remember what it is right now. It will come back to me if in like twenty to- minutes. 
we might be done in 20 minutes. The, the, <laughs> the point of having people elected that are that come from familiar faith traditions allows us to have comfort in that we as a country or we as a group would experience ethical and caring leadership. You have to have some type, we have to have some type of faith that someone's going to care for the, the needy, the poor, care for things that are not happening now. Right. You know, that someone is going to care for the sick. Even with some challenges we're having right now, separation between church and state, right? You know, so we have a separation of church and state, which means that the state cannot tell the church when not to hold services in the middle of this kind of pandemic. The state uh, cannot tell the church not to hold service. Stay but home. <laughs> I say that every episode. Stay home. It cannot. The, the state cannot tell you to stay home. So the church has to te- make that, which is kind of ridiculous because the, but the church, the faith traditions have no problem adhering to the cdc if they have faith in the cdc and and for people who don't know like i don't know what is the cdc the center for disease control oh oh, oh. however this you know the cdc has been a bit how can i say it limited in some of the things that they say so you know you have to really everyone needs to make sure they they're they read for themselves seek information <laughs> Which, which is very difficult, for instance, in this in this situation, because you have to put as a larger body, mm-hmm. we're not going to do this, we're going to do this. And then you have a president comes on to tell you that you can, which kind of confuses people, mm-hmm. will tell you stay home from church, but you can go to work, you know, and things of that nature. And, and those are where the, 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 the confusion comes in when you come down to that, that separation. You want to follow what the government is saying. The government is giving us mixed signals. And, you know, our government doesn't know what it's doing. Actually, no, they know exactly what they're doing. And it is not, you know, it is not for the people. Absolutely not. It's for big business and the 1% and money and greed. And that's disgusting that we place higher value on again like money and capitalism yeah and and anyway we put capitalism over you know people's lives and so many different senses and so you were you were going to say something about the melting pot mom no i was just saying if we if we you know we well i think it was sort of relating what you were saying with something you're referencing about representation right so if we truly believe that the u.s is a melting pot then our elected officials should represent everyone. So whether if I, I won't run for office, but if I were to run for office, I am a Christian, but I would imagine my uh, constituency would include people who were not Christians, would include Jewish people, would include Muslim people, would include Hinduism, Hindu people, especially living in the suburbs. There's a melting pot of people out here. Can I just put something on the table? My very, very good friend, Amber Hall, she, I've known her, I think we met in in fifth, no, sixth grade, Mm -hmm. Um, so so years, um, we've known each other. I can't remember when she said this to me, but she said something to me once, and I really, it stuck with me for years. And she said, I don't like the idea of North America being a melting pot. I want it to be more of like a nice toss salad. Like, (laughs) we're like, because the, now we're, you know, getting really deep about these things but she said you know melting pot 
everything becomes homogenous. Ah, uh, yeah. I was going to say I agree with you. Yeah, um, we're not. We I, I prefer to be celebrated for our differences, right? Than to trying to make our uni- our differences uniform. In fact, when someone says Christian, when someone says someone is Christian, um, and they're going into politics, I'm not convinced that my first reaction is positive because when someone says someone is a Christian because they're Christian, what it, it means you're leveling the playing field in the sense that you're you're te- you're telling your constituents to, not to think. You know, because you're no longer now thinking on what is that person done? What is it going to do? What are their policies? Are they prepared? No, they're just Christian. Therefore, they're supposed to be okay. Mm. And that's not okay. That's not true. Just like anybody that applies for any other job in the world, just because you're a Christian, right. you don't put on your resume, I'm a Christian, and that's supposed to get you the job. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, it would be great if I went for a physicist job because I'm a physicist and I put phys- Christian on there. Oh, therefore, I'm, I'm going to get hired all, all, mm-hmm. right away. That's, that's not the way it works. Right. And so we often begin to stop thinking because someone's faith background, all of a sudden, because they may know a scripture in the Bible, which they may get cor- incorrect, mm-hmm. that, that all of a sudden they're qualified for a job or a job of leadership, which is not true. Right. And, and we, we do that often. And I, I don't think that's a good, I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, especially when we see on the television, if you have the money, how they can turn that around to mean something completely wrong. You can kill somebody in cold blood and say, but I'm a Christian and it's supposed to be OK. Yeah. If you're the right, if you have the right ethnic background. Right. And then, you know, if but if you're Muslim or it's it's it's, it's how religion is coded in the United States specifically is very is very suspect. Like, you notice, like if, if for example. If if a white man, which we see we see this all often, I won't say all the time, you know, goes and shoots up someplace, he has a mental illness, which is problematic in itself. But if you know it's a Muslim person who does something, then like all Muslims are terrorists mm-hmm. suddenly, which you you don't you don't get that same sort of treatment with every like every other religion. Um, we kind of we how we view different religions often you know are is from a political standpoint is used to target and discriminate against certain groups of people it's it's kind of used as a political tactic it it mm-hmm. takes someone's religion and and turns it into you know again a way to suppress but um i was i was chuckling because i don't know if if you've seen there's or you know do you know about tiktok Rev, um, there's there's a woman on TikTok who goes on and she <laughs> she'll take sound sound bites of of what Trump says and she'll like you know ad lib and like improv and well, stuff. She sort of like speaks to them, but yeah, it, it's lip sync. It's lip sync. Yeah, um, and it's really funny. That. It like, <laughs> I mean, the president is is hilarious just in its in itself. Well, not not funny at all. Actually, it's it's disgusting. Again. But there was one that I saw and it was like, it was like they, they were trying to get him to say, to just tell them one Bible verse. They're like, just, just tell us one, what's your favorite Bible verse? And he was like, um, I actually like the whole Bible. Like I, you know, I don't like to just choose one. And it was just, it was so funny to me because he, he, again, you, you, so many politicians use, oh, I'm Christian, you know? But then they can't tell they can't tell you one. They can't give you their favorite Bible verse, which is like almost everybody, regardless of like, you know, their faith or background has heard a Bible, a Bible verse. And you can't even like uh, I just thought that was so 
that's so ridiculous and, and, and funny that, you know, this is, this is someone who, again, is, is, is operating under the, 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 or the guise that he is, you know, yeah. this, this God fearing, you know, holy, you know, person who, who everything he does is, you know. Yeah. I think it, I think that's where, you know, I think what are people's perspectives and what are they looking for? Because, you know, if I think about it, you know, for me, one thing, you know, I'm not, one, didn't want this to go to be picking sides, but when you, when you have a person who says they have nothing to be forgiven for, which to me is a tenet of Christianity, regardless of whatever kind of Christian you are, then that's very problematic for me. So, but, you know, this whole thing is, it, it, it is interesting and you have different perspective of, of how people believe in, in their, their faith and how they live out their faith. And I think this has been a really very, very informative and I hope people will, will listen to it and take it as it, as it is a way of being, you know, informing themselves of the different perspectives and, and how we might, might understand this, whether you are, are Christian or, or not. But I do want to, I do like to toss salad analogy and I give Amber. Yeah, again, Amber, Amber <laughs> Haw. She, you'll hear about her one day. She is a just the most intelligent human being. She is um, I, I, studying linguistics and getting her her PhD, I think, and like is going to save dying languages. She's great. She's just. You'll awesome. really have to see if you can catch up with Amber and see if she'd be willing to do a podcast because I would love to talk to her about native american culture and um her her study of linguistics yeah well and i mean she's you know she's native and and jamaican and again speaking about you know like a toss salad of like different backgrounds she knows so many different languages and has this deep appreciation for different languages and also different cultures and the connection between culture and 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 language and and also and and thus religion i guess you can say which i think is really really awesome and yeah we should definitely yeah you know when you catch up with her see if she's be interested in, in coming in i know I, she's hitting those books i know she's a you know yeah well maybe we'll have so. to wait till maybe maybe when she's on the winter break because that'll be the next time we hopefully can do a group of podcasts but i i, I but for me i love this conversation even though it's a difficult one because i do I, that's why I love the field I, I, I am in because I do get to meet people from so many different cultures. And I, I, I love the idea of learning from different people. And th- as much as we have so many differences, there are so many things that um, I find that are c- common across, across us. And we should, um, and I, I like what the Reverend's saying about embracing differences because um, we can learn a lot from other people. And just having like, faith in other people like Mm. that that they they have the capacity to to be a good person i think is 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 important i i hope you won't get upset at me rev for saying this but i know you were might have been a little nervous coming into this podcast and you know kind of to go off of what my mom said i didn't i mean i'm a very forward person especially when it comes in in regards to topics that i you know think are important and that impact not just myself but the lives of other people but I didn't, I didn't find this conversation difficult to have. I, I found it very easy to have. And I think that's in part because we have, uh, you know, a guest who is very, you know, willing to have these conversations in a, in a constructive, productive space that not everybody would 
would be open to. So I don't know if you if you feel that this was as nerve wracking as you thought it would be. It's nowhere near as bad as I thought. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this this it, it was great. It was thank you for having. Me. Yeah, I did. I mean, we we sort of were having our banter, but I want to also give you an opportunity if there was any final thoughts or words you want to give us as we try to wrap it up. I think that the greatest challenge we have is celebrating one another and listening to one another. And I think that if we enter conversations, listening to another's perspective, we might be able to come up with some solutions that meet all of our needs. That's what I, when it comes down to religion and the intersection between religion or Christianity and mm-hmm. politics. The most difficult challenge I still believe is that we have different ex- like we have different experiences here in, in in America and our experience our our experiences themselves are segregated experiences and we're taught not to care about other people at our own expenses, you know, at our own expense. The person that could help us most, we're taught not to care about. Hmm. You know, the person that can save us from whatever catastrophe we're going through, we're told to ignore hmm. and humiliate. I think that we we have to be, we have to learn how to love, and I think we're focusing on the wrong things. But we're being taught what to focus on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we're being taught to focus on the wrong things. I think that's a, a great way to end it. We we have to learn how to love, and I think we definitely need that today. I, w- I was going to say something, but it's a reference. That's a it's a fine reference that <laughs> I don't know if if my the two people sitting across from me will will uh, get. I'll I'll link it in the description. Young yeah. people, you'll 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 understand what I'm what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's just there's there's a vine. <laughs> And there's this guy. I don't. I don't know if anybody re- is Philly Jesus still a thing. Do you know Philly Jesus? I don't know anything about Philly Jesus. There's there's a guy at least who used to. He would dress up every day, and it was kind of like his his ministry, his calling. And he would be in Love Park, and he looked like Jesus, and he would talk to people and skateboard, <laughs> skateboard, and just was a cool guy. Actually, my, my grandmother met him on the bus, and she was like, yeah, he was really nice, like really, really genuine guy. So there's this vine. It's not Philly Jesus, but someone who looks like Philly Jesus, and he, he's just like, respect yourself, love yourself. And it was just like this whole like really like just really vibing with this idea of like loving each other and like mm-hmm. sending good vibes and like being good to one another and, mm-hmm. and that just like rev said that and i immediately like <laughs> thought, of, <laughs> thought of this vine so yeah i'll, I'll link it because I, I think that really is you know yeah the what the main thing that we've come to the conclusion right 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 um, absolutely is just just be kind to each other mm-hmm. and and you know maybe maybe you'll learn something from each other Good point.